In a world filled with information, where do you turn to get straight talk about retirement, investments, and your money? Lock it in to the longest-running financial talk show in Arkansas and let us help you build the bridge between information and application. Real financial change begins right here, and it starts with you. It's showtime! On today's show, having conversations about the parts of your retirement that are not so exciting to think about, but vitally important, making a plan for health care, long-term care, and your estates on the Get Ready for the Future show. This is the Get Ready for the Future show. Hi, everybody. Welcome in to another edition of the Get Ready for the Future show, or you're watch, whether you're watching on live stream or listening on radio, we are glad to have you along for the next hour. My name is Scott Inman, and along with me today, Teresa Arago sitting in John's normal seat, trying yes. not to get lipstick on the mic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't wear it often, yes. but of course, today I'm sitting at John's mic, and I have it on. So I would actually like I've you to, to put it, just smear it all over there, so when he comes back. Let's not tell him. He has to come in right after the show. Yeah. And yeah. You do, well, I do tend to get too close to the mic sometimes, too. Yeah. I, I, never really, I never really thought about that. I'm just thinking of that right now on the air. It's Thanks, the same, because when I sing, I put it right up to my mouth, and I've just learned to do that, so it's hard for me to give space yeah, to it but yeah. you know well we're glad to have is. you on the show thank you yeah, yeah. <laughs> lipstick and all yeah lipstick and all and janet sam's yes. lipstick yes on always, the as always always yes. Yes. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about something pretty heavy today we're already doing a good job of keeping it light we're going to have to try to yes. do that through mm-hmm. the show because yeah. this is uh this is the part of retirement that uh people don't like to think about they tend to think about it more if they've had personal experience yeah. with mm-hmm. it, but even then it is very difficult to think about. But I guess a, a jumping off point is to ask the question of our viewers and listeners, have you had some experience caring for a loved one, whether it was an aging parent or a special needs child or even a spouse? Uh, if you have, you are certainly not alone. Listen to these stats. Today, more than one in five Americans, the numbers are 21.3% of Americans that are caregivers at current. They have provided care to an adult or child with special needs at some time in the past 12 months. And the totals estimate that 53 million adults in the United States, up from the estimated 43.5 million, are caregivers. Uh, 43.5 was the number in 2015 and the current total now 53 million. So there's a lot of people out there. And this num- this number, I think, is going to continue to go yeah. up primarily mm-hmm. because we're all living longer. Well, well, mm-hmm. and it's a baby boomer thing, too. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the reason for this 43 yeah. million to 53 mm-hmm. million is that baby boomer generation getting into that that age range where some of them need care. And sometimes it's frankly not even a family member. My, my brother uh, earlier this year wound up doing a significant amount of care for the next door neighbor because uh, her son lived in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And so. Mm-hmm. he wasn't close by and so for you to have this this conversation about who's going to do what that there that's a lot of what we're going to be talking mm-hmm. about today it doesn't have to be a family member but oftentimes it is we we find that many times it is a daughter or a spouse who is providing the care um, sometimes a son but frankly many times it is the the daughter for whatever mm-hmm. reason that winds up providing care regardless of which parent we're talking about I think that it's going to break down into two basic topics. We're going to be talking about health, which mm-hmm. can really revolve around health care and health care costs and long-term care needs. And so we'll break that down into kind of two subsets there. And then the estate planning issue, and that's mm-hmm. the end of life. What, mm-hmm. what about the... What, what about your uh, generational wealth? How do you want to transi- transition that to the next generation? But when you talk about health care costs in general, the numbers look like this. The average couple is expected to need $285,000 in today's dollars for medical expenses in retirement, and that is not counting long-term care. So when you just think about health care expenses, you know, you think about getting on Medicare and having coverage, and you will have significant coverage from the government uh, on that, but there are a lot of out-of-pocket expenses, and I don't think people really, I mean, that's a big number, $285,000. I don't think people realize that so when you talk about planning for retirement first of all on your own how are you going to pay for that and Mm -hmm. then when thinking about uh, if you can't how that's going to burden uh, whoever is taking care of you and I think a big reason why that number is so large too is we talked about this longevity you know used to be people retired at 65 they basically were here for another five or six years we're looking at people 
in 30 year retirement cycles. So when you do that, there's going to be a lot longer for you to have health concerns and those expenses mm-hmm. are going to add up. So that's why it's important that you plan ahead so that that doesn't, as you mentioned, become a burden to your family or to your, your personal finances. So let's talk about some of the numbers when, when you're not, and when you don't plan ahead and when this many times falls then to the next generation to bear some of the burden of the expenses, what that looks like, the, the average non-professional caretaker, so many times an adult child, uh, spends $7,000 a year in the United States on their loved one who needs care. So that, that money a lot of times is coming out of their retirement funds uh, to cover those unplanned costs. And AARP estimates that caregivers are spending approximately 20% of their income on caring for loved ones. So yeah. this is, when you look at it from the parent's perspective, this is a significant monetary gift that you can give to your children without actually mm-hmm. giving them money. Yeah. Because if you will take care of your own needs and have a plan in place, whether it's through long-term care insurance or being able to self-pay, but but knowing that you have a plan in place to cover these needs, then it doesn't cause you to be in a position where you're falling back on the next generation caring for you when they're frankly at a point where they need to to be planning for their futures. Right. And what I learned during the RICP training too was that there there are a lot of people in that generation who are avoiding care because they're concerned about the yeah. expenses. And yeah. it actually compounds because when you avoid getting care for small things, then you end up with bigger problems. So setting yourself up to win so that you're not feeling like you're stuck making that decision or burdening your children, affecting their inheritance, whatever you have in your mind, mm-hmm. then you're going to take better care of yourself. Yeah, this has a lot of far-reaching implications when you really mm-hmm. think about it. When you think about taking care of yourself, eating healthier, having a healthier lifestyle, oh, yeah. all those mm-hmm. things can really uh, play into uh, your um, your savings when it comes to health care expenses later in retirement. Now, a lot of things certainly are out of our control. We, we can see the healthiest people out there mm-hmm. eventually get sick for sure. But your lifestyle, you know, p- people think about, I remember a, a, a conversation I had a long time ago with a caregiver, and, and she was talking about how so many people, she actually worked with people who rehabbed after a stroke or a heart attack and Mm -hmm. she would oftentimes get them to try to eat better and and get better lifestyle habits more exercise and oftentimes they pushed back on that because their thought process was is i'm going to live the way i want to live and if i don't get those extra two three years right that the statistics say you could get Mm -hmm. by living healthier that's okay but she said something that really resonated with me at that time she said well it's not really about dropping dead of a heart attack it's Mm -hmm. about what if you don't die Right. If you have a major debilitating illness and then you live another 15 years Mm -hmm. and that really resonated with me at that time, I was a lot younger than, of course, but that is kind of puts an emphasis on me to really make some lifestyle choices that can keep you out of having to have long term care. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it it really does come down to daily choices. And and one of the choices that that we think is critically important is to start the conversation early. And we're Mm -hmm. talking about multi-generational conversations here, at least least two generations. It kind of depends on the details of your family. But for the, we'll just say the grandparents and their adult children, Mm -hmm. if you want to label the groups that way, um, for you guys to have those conversations. And maybe you're the adult child in this scenario. Then it falls to you if if your mom and dad have not started the conversation it falls to you to start that conversation and and it's okay to do that and guys we've all kind of talked about you know these conversations in mm-hmm. our family and the absence of them or the presence of them and what that did you know later on um, I, I'll go ahead and tell my story with um, with mom and dad um, we tried to get long-term care coverage mom has it dad wasn't able to get it because of of pre-existing health Mm -hmm. conditions at the time and so their plan was to self-pay for him if he had the need Um, and he didn't need long-term care before he passed away but he did have a lot of medical expenses so that it, it it worked out that they were able to cover that but mom's got the policy but more importantly one of the things that we talked about was that neither of them wanted at any point to live on machines and so it fell to me as the the child responsible to you know tell that to the people at the hospital that you know this is not how dad wants to live and there was a time um, when dad was on life support and the doctors told us look if we if we pull the plug he's not going to make it Mm -hmm. but i had the peace of mind now there were tears but but there was peace with those tears Mm -hmm. i had the peace of mind to be able to say 
he does not want to live like this. Yeah. So pull the plug. And mom, mom could have said that. She looked mm-hmm. at me and said, I'm not doing it. You, you make the call and I'm good with whatever you decide. And so I, I did that and, and God did his thing. And my dad lived for several years after that. Um, but to know that whatever that result had been, even if dad didn't make it, if the doctors were right, then to to be able to do that with peace of mind mm-hmm. is a tremendous gift to your children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I was on the other end of that. I've mentioned, you know, I've, I've been a caregiver two different times, once for my mom and then once for my bonus dad. And in both situations, we hadn't had those conversations mm-hmm. in advance because the, the surgery was supposed to be routine. And trying to make those decisions was so difficult you know i have siblings but none of us wanted to be the one to really make decisions and so i just had to guess and that that really um especially with my bonus dad that that one has really burdened me honestly Mm -hmm. even Mm -hmm. even now it's hard to think about without getting a little upset about it Mm -hmm. it's tough when we sit down with clients and talk about what their plans are, their goals, their dreams for retirement, I think oftentimes we do get some feedback that they don't they want to be in a position where they're not a burden mm-hmm. on their children financially. Mm-hmm. And they think about that in terms of uh, maybe more basic expenses like food and gas or mm-hmm. you know utilities or paying a mortgage payment or things like that. But think about how this health care conversation, this potential long-term care conversation can play into that. Janet mentioned the numbers a moment ago uh, that the out-of-pocket expenses that the average non-professional caretaker tends to spend on uh, the person that they're caring for. But even the trickle down from there those are just the obvious direct costs. There's also the time away from work that mm-hmm. could be put into play here, and that usually means missed opportunities even for uh, promotions or pay increases. So the income can be affected, the future income of a caregiver if they have to miss time from work. And then, of course, from our perspective, we see it a, a lot and think like this as well. The missed pay increases or even the missed time from work could be missed contributions to a retirement account. So the trickle-down can really be significant uh, for someone who is caregiving for uh, for their loved one. So mm-hmm. the planning on the front end, and, and as Janet mentioned, starting the conversation early is so yeah. imperative to, to, to having some impact on that. Mm-hmm. I, I'll give you a, a biblical perspective if, if this applies to, to what you believe. Um, the first commandment that comes with a promise is to honor your father and mother that your days may be long. And so if you think about if if you're as a child, if you want to honor your parents, you need to know what their wishes are. Mm -hmm. And as an adult, as the grandparents in this scenario, if you want your children to be able to honor you, then they need to know what your wishes are so that they can fulfill that. In many ways, this reminds me of our planning process, which I know, you know, being a financial advisor, I can take anything back to that. But that's what we do. We ask people, what are your goals? What are your dreams? What do you want? And then we try to make things work so it's ready for that. It's really the same thing here. You're just doing that internally in your family and saying, Mm -hmm. okay, what would I want in these situations so that when they happen or if they happen, you're ready and your family's ready for it. Yeah. And when we say start the conversation, that's kind of one of the things I thought about was not just with your family members, but with your financial advisor and and all two generations and the advisor in the room doesn't happen all that com- commonly for us but it certainly can it does yeah. yeah yeah it's getting it's getting more and more common as our clients age yeah. that's that's the factor hey i want to uh want to get you to think about putting some numbers into your uh, mobile phone we talk about them on the show all the time but one of them is 501-381-5228 now why do you need that well that is a number to get free resources all the time from gen wealth i'm going to tell you about one of them right now we've got 10 ways to shift your perspective of financial planning with our free download what's the plan a manifesto for your life your worth and what happens next you can get it by texting the word plan to that number i just mentioned 501 381 5228 you can also get it by going to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash plan hard conversations the topic of today's get ready for the future show back in just a moment 
talking about the parts of your retirement that are not so exciting to think about, but vitally important to be a part of your financial future and your plan, because inevitably it is probably going to be needed. Uh, We're talking about the health care and long-term care components uh, of a retirement plan and also the estate planning. We'll get into that in the next segment. Scott Inman, along with Teresa Arago and Janet Walker today. I wanted to mention again that uh, number that I mentioned before the break. I told you that it would be really a good idea to put into your mobile phone because we have great resources that are always free by just texting words to that uh, number. It's 501-381-5228. We say it all the time, but I also know, I recognize and, and know this for a fact because we get this feedback from people who come into the uh, client meeting rooms that this is the Home Depot show. Yes. Right? I mean, that's really what it is. <laughs> yeah. It is the Saturday morning radio show that people are doing their errands, whether it's Home Depot or Lowe's. Lowe's or, that's I right. I don't want to make a plug for Home Depot. Wherever you're going to do your errands on Saturday, we know people are kind of in and out and they're maybe behind the wheel yeah. when they hear me say this number. So I want to make sure that if you get a chance to, to stop, go ahead and put it in your phone. That way you don't have to be scrambling every time I mention it. It's 501 381 5228. Another opportunity for you to get a free uh, free resource is to text the word FAST to that number. That gets you signed up for the fastest four minutes in finance. That's our segment that gets delivered on a weekly basis right to your email inbox. It used to be a portion of the radio show, and now we've carried it on through a little video content uh, that we produce. It is always about finance, mostly about investing, markets, economy, but occasionally, as as it is this week, it is really about more retirement-related topics like Social Security. We're going to talk about the solvency of the Social Security Trust Fund. We talked a little bit about that on the radio Mm -hmm. uh, last week, the new report from the Social Security trustees. Uh, But if you want to learn more about that, text the word FAST to that number, 501-381-5228. So we were talking about health care and long-term care and starting the conversation early. So what do you talk about? That's the part that we're going to get into in this segment. Mm -hmm. And it's really the uh, basic things that I was taught in journalism. It's the who, what, what where, where, and, yeah, how, and how. And how mm-hmm. right? I mean, That's you need right. to talk about your your desires. And again, I, I, I recognize how difficult this might be for people to do because mm-hmm. it's not something you want to think about. But having the conversation, as you mentioned, you'd had with your dad, yeah. Janet, is so vitally important before it happens. Well, and, and I'll say once you begin to start having those conversations, they get easier every mm-hmm. time. I mean, at this point, my mom is in her 80s. My dad is gone. And we're looking at uh, updating the trust because things have changed. And mm-hmm. so it, this conversation now, even though, you know, she's a little bit older and everything, it's easier than the first conversation yeah. was. So just start having those conversations. And one of the most important ones to, to start with, one of the most common ones to start with anyway, is if you get to a point in life where you have to have care, then where would you like for that to happen? Now, the most common answer from people, what we most often hear is that they want to receive that care at home. Right. And and if there is a way to make that happen financially, then we want to be sure that, that you can honor their request in that process. But you've got to find out what their desire is. And there's a sliding scale to this. It's not yes. that you're doing great and then one day you go into a nursing home. It's yeah. often that there are certain tasks that are either difficult or impossible for you to do any longer. I actually have a client who's in retirement that chose to move into an assisted living Mm -hmm. facility because standing to cook became difficult for her. She's got some health concerns that being in that position, standing at the stove was something that just was becoming cumbersome for her. And so she sold her house and she moved to an assisted living facility for simply the ability to have social interaction with others Mm -hmm. and the ability to have meals that were prepped for her so that she didn't have to try to do that daily so she could enjoy her day. Yeah, I think about my uh, grandmother. Uh, She, by the way, in November will turn 100. That's amazing. And about two years ago, I think it was almost two years ago. Yeah, she was living alone, Mm -hmm. and but she was starting to get unstable in those Mm -hmm. type of situations. And she actually fell. Uh, and broke her hip mm-hmm. uh, and and being alone you yeah. know she was there yeah. a little while before anybody found her and she was able to get care so she obviously got uh, the hospital care she needed and then got the 
the the Medicare rehab into the nursing home and then decided she didn't want to leave. She's, her hip's all better. Yeah. But you know what it was for her? It was the social part of it. Yeah. And and Teresa kind of alluded to that as a benefit for, for her client. Mm-hmm. I have a client who is is healthy and uh, she she's in her 80s, but you would never know it unless, mm-hmm. you, unless you had documented proof. You would not have a clue. But she left Arkansas to move to the state where her daughter lives and she moved into a place like that where they're they're providing meals and everything so she went from a paid for house and sold that and now is paying for you know the ability to live there and have all the meals prepared and all of those things but it works in her cash flow Mm -hmm. and it works for her family and she's close by for her daughter and everything so it's just really been a good transition and she loves the social factor that Mm -hmm. that has come into play there so i think i think especially for females because frankly we're the ones who who are usually here last um, and we're a little bit more social um, but I think that is becoming more and more common of a choice it's not the nursing home dum 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 it's right. hey we mm-hmm. can play bingo together yeah. and yeah. you right. know and all kinds of things like that yeah and many of them provide very robust activities so yeah. that's important you know if you if you and it's becoming more common to have these places because the baby boomer generation is getting into that age that needs those help um, those different helps so there's a lot of options typically in most towns and they're probably very varied in price from what I've seen. Mm-hmm. So take some time to research that and, and come up with what you feel like is the best fit, best fit for you. We're going to talk about the the costs and that go, that falls into the how, but I want to talk about the who first. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the where was the first thing we talked about. Where would you want to receive care? Have that discussion with your uh, loved ones, but the who is vitally important mm-hmm. too. You know, mm-hmm. we were we were joking when we came on the air. We were talking about if it was me, right? And my twenty year old, almost twenty one year old son is behind the camera over there, and I don't want it to be him. No, no offense, <laughs> no offense, Garrett, but I don't want you to be my caregiver. But you know, you, we, and, we have this conversation documented. We, yes, and we know this. <laughs> it has been recorded both on video and on we're audio. Care of one. Uh, so if you ever need to go back to it, I don't know if it'll hold up in court, but that's what that's what I would prefer. No, I mean, I, it, it. But that's important. I mean, there's there's yeah. dynamics. Uh, um, mm-hmm. I'm not going to say it's always going to be the daughters taking care of the mom and dad, but you know, that's that's in my case, that's what it's going to be. Yeah. yeah, and I have lots of children. But I'm going to be just legit right now. Mine are all small. I wouldn't want any of them to have to. I would be the one probably to go to assisted living long before I need to because my kids have carried so much just being in a large family. They're always having to help with other things. And my daughter, she would step up and she would fill in. But by golly, she's been stepping up and filling in her whole life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I don't want her to have to do that later in life. Well, and for some people, the who doesn't matter nearly as much Mm -hmm. as the where. That was the case for for my brother's neighbor. She straight up told him, I don't care who comes in to care for me, but I'm staying home. Mm -hmm. And and she did until her last breath. She was Mm -hmm. able to do that. Um, But you've got to think about how you balance out the the where and the who and again this is not just one answer it might be in stages you yes. know that if for a period of time i want to be home under these circumstances but then under these circumstances i, I want to be in some type of facility and i think it's important too to not just pick one person you need yeah. a team of people i have a client who the brother and sister split the responsibilities yeah, and, and i think that was really beneficial because everybody gets a break mm-hmm. you know just like parenting you need a break you need Mm. to be realistic about what you can and can't do with your other responsibilities so to break it up a little bit so that not everybody is responsible for all of the things all right so the math part now the financial part that that's that's the how right how will it be paid for and we talked about all those options i want to give you some numbers here these are based on i'm gonna have a hard time finding it i think it's 20 2014 numbers where are they well i can't find it let's see average expenditures these are for long this is for long-term care i thought i had a number on the year there but these are national uh averages so i think in arkansas it's important to point out they'd probably be a little bit less but you know you think about these i don't even know that people realize that all these services are available but adult Mm -hmm. day services which is five days a week uh, 52 weeks a year that's somebody coming to uh your uh, house or is it actually this would be like a daycare facility have, yeah you it, drop mm-hmm. them off yeah it's yep. just like you, when you drop the three-year-old off at daycare it, there's a, a period of time that they're there that they are there five days a week and you have them over the weekends and you have them mm-hmm. in the evening so the same thing for an adult that's mm-hmm. the average cost of seventeen thousand four hundred and twenty dollars annually mm-hmm. uh, assisted living facility averages about thirty nine thousand home health care 41 almost forty one five. 
that would be homemaker services. And then there's home health care with a home health aid, which averages about 45000 a year. And, and both of those home health cares, we're going to jump in a minute, both of those are based off of 42 hours a week. So basically, mm-hmm. that's a work week. Mm-hmm. So if you're needing home health care for like 24-7, your number is going to be very different. Yeah. And then the nursing home, which everybody is obviously keenly aware of how expensive that can be. A semi-private room averages $74,820 a year, and a private room uh, around the clock, of course, 365 days a year, $83,580. Now, obviously, some of that will depend on your need yes. uh, more than just a conversation of how, it will be how, but the paid for part of that those numbers that's why we wanted to share that because the plan and that's where the financial advisor really comes in mm-hmm. uh, when when the, your retirement is more than just investments as it is here in gen wealth the how are you going to pay for it becomes critical and that becomes part of the overall plan when it comes to your assets and how much income you're going to be able to provide off those assets especially when you consider the aarp said over 50 50 percent of people over 50 percent of people will need some sort of long-term care Mm -hmm. now not all of them will be for extended periods of time but i think a lot of people don't think they're going to need it they think oh well my you know my parents died young or whatever and it may not be the case or or they're kind of in denial about thinking about it that i Mm -hmm. think that is very common that they just don't want to they don't want to deal with it well at some point it's it's going to happen statistically Mm -hmm. that's that's the reality and so it's important again to just have those conversations and we know that there are some people who will be in a position to be able to Mm self-pay and and if that's you that's fabulous but we would ask that you just be intentional about having the conversation with your advisor regardless of what the ultimate answer is be intentional. I think that's important for your children to know that we have had the conversation and here is our decision. Yeah. We have a long-term care policy or we don't, whatever the end result is. And some of you, frankly, are not going to qualify for coverage at this point, mm-hmm. like my dad didn't, um, but some of you will. And again, it is just a question of being intentional and starting the conversation with your advisor. And then together as a team, you can come to the conclusion that's going to fit for you guys. If you need help uh, figuring out, are you in a position to be able to self-insure? Will you be in a position to self-insure? Or do you need to reach out and see if you can leverage an insurance company for long-term care coverage should the need arise? You can call us toll-free at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526 to set a complimentary first appointment with a Gen Wealth Advisor. Back in a moment. Education-driven, strategy-based, team-delivered. That is the Gen Wealth difference. Before we went to break just a moment ago, we were talking about having a discussion with a financial advisor about long-term care. How are you going to address it? I want to throw some numbers out there that, that back up uh, the need for that. We talked about AARP and their estimates that 52% of retirees will need long-term care coverage. Only 41% of older adults are confident in their plan to pay for long-term care. So we know society at large is not confident about being able to pay it. But despite the concerns, more than a third, 36%, have not discussed long-term care costs with anyone including a spouse, partner, children, or financial advisor, and less than a third, 32% of older adults plan on discussing long-term care costs with a financial advisor. They have no plans to even talk about it with an advisor. That may mean that they don't have an advisor. That may mean that their advisor isn't talking about it with them. Well, we will talk about it here as part of your overall retirement plan because retirement is more than just investments. And again, I want to make that offer again for a complimentary first appointment. You can call toll-free 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526 to set an appointment with a Gen Wealth advisor. We have them near you. Offices in Conway. That's where Teresa is, although she'll drive anywhere, by the way. (laughs) Also in West Little Rock, that's where I office, but I'll drive anywhere as well. (laughs) Bryant, Hot Springs, uh, El Dorado, we're in Northwest Louisiana and Central Tennessee. That's going to be a long list as we continue to do this mm-hmm, show. I don't yes. know if I'm going to be able to say them all. It takes <laughs> the whole second. say, check out the notes or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Hey, we're halfway home. Uh, we were talking about the hard discussions that you need to have ahead of time before uh, it's too late to really uh, wonder or to pay for it, uh, to make a plan for the part of retirement that is actually, quite frankly, just not exciting to think about. 
We talked about health care. We talked about long-term care. Now we're going to talk about estate planning because this is vitally important as well uh, for many reasons. But mm-hmm. as we kind of jump off into this, I think maybe it would be helpful to really even talk about it and discuss what that means. What is estate planning? I think one of the most important things that comes to my mind is avoiding probate. There's a lot of different factors to estate planning, but this is the one that surprises people, I think, the most. Um, When you are looking at the assets that you own, some of those assets are beneficiarizable assets. So, for example, IRA accounts, 401ks, life insurance, those things have a beneficiary line. Your bank account does not. And you can do something that is the equivalent of a, of a beneficiary by putting payable on death designation on it. But many people have never even thought about mm-hmm. that. It doesn't get mentioned at the bank most of the time. And so that is an asset that, that you will often see go through probate along with likely your most valuable asset, uh, maybe with the exception of your 401k, but that is your house. Mm-hmm. Um, your house, there is no beneficiary line. At the courthouse on the paperwork that you have, there's no way to beneficiarize that. And so that is what we often see go through probate, along with you know other things that it's not super clear, it's not beneficiarized to whomever And so you get into a situation, and you can have a lot of uh, non-qualified accounts, by the way, so Mm non-IRA accounts that also, they don't have a beneficiary line. So if they don't have transfer on death on on them, those are also going to go through probate. And it's a very expensive process that can be very simply avoided on the front end. If, If you care about your heirs, whether it's your children or somebody else, if you care about your heirs, then I believe it is incumbent upon you to spend some time with an estate planning attorney to get a plan in place that honors your wishes and will help them avoid probate. Here's the deal that got my dad on this one. Um, I was early in my career as a financial advisor, and I go to my mom and dad and go, y'all need to talk to an estate planning attorney. And mom goes, okay, because that's how she rolls with me. (laughs) And dad goes, I don't know about that, honey. You know, and for, <laughs> like he always for, did. <laughs> yeah, forever, forever. It was this pushback, pushback, pushback. And and there were a couple of things that happened. I said, I said, Daddy, you remember reading the newspaper when so and so passed away, and you knew all his business? Hmm. I said that's because it went to probate. And he's like, so all my stuff's going to be listed in the paper? Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. If you don't do this, and so that stirred him up a little bit, and he still wasn't quite ready to do it because, frankly, he didn't fully understand it. Right. He just couldn't quite quite get there. And finally, I went to him one day and I said, look, Danny, my brother, I said, Danny and I have had a conversation and we are willing to pay the attorney. We will split the cost for you to go get your estate plan done so that we don't have to deal with probate later. Mm -hmm. Now, dad wound up doing it, but it was because of that conversation when he realized that it was important enough to his relatively young adult children at that point for us to be willing to pay for it. Then he went oh, this is probably a legit big deal that I need to handle. And and they went and did it. And I'm so glad that they did. Yeah. It, it has already, even with mom still here, it has made a tremendous mm-hmm. difference in all the details that you can fathom. And I've done this process. And I will say that before I did this process personally, mm-hmm. I was not a big proponent of estate planning for everyone. But I am at the point of if you own property, mm do it because my dad my bonus dad passed away my mom had passed away first couple of problems one i'm not his natural heir nor are any of my siblings because he was my stepfather right and also um literally owned one little bitty property up at lake nimrod if you don't know where it is you're not alone it's just north of perryville (laughs) and it has a mobile home on it it's not like it's a huge value yeah it cost me over two thousand dollars because i found a friend of a friend to be mm-hmm. able to probate his estate, which, by the way, I just found out is not done. Shoot me now. <laughs> so I, I became a big proponent of estate planning. And then I realized in my family's dynamics, we're a blended family. So what happens yeah. if I pass away and then my husband remarries? How do I protect our children's portion of the estate? And so we were able to put some some guardrails in place to make sure that all that didn't go to another person's family if he passed away first. So there's, there's a lot of complexity. I think a lot of people don't understand it isn't that expensive and it 
is more helpful than you could realize. And it's not really that hard to do either. No. I, I think a yeah. lot of people put it off because they think it's going to be this mm-hmm. just immeasurable task that must be done. But literally, you go in and sit with the attorney, and they ask you a lot of questions, and I, they don't even make you bring a lot of documentation like no. we do for our process. It's more conversational because mm-hmm. they can get all that stuff online for the most part. And they talk with you about your wishes. They draw up a draft. Hopefully you read the draft <laughs> and, yeah. And, yeah. Yep. and then you go back and sign paperwork and the estate planning attorneys whom we work with, some of them already had this as part of their practice and some of them do this for us at, for our Gen Wealth clients. We have as an ongoing request that any estate planning attorney who works with our clients that they actually go through the process of retitling your assets. As mm-hmm. an example, many estate planning attorneys will give you homework, meaning you have to go to the court house and you mm-hmm. have to retitle your your house in the name of the trust or you have to deal with those non-qualified accounts and i'm just going to tell you the vast majority of the time the homework doesn't get done and mm-hmm. so the trust is pointless because it's it's never been funded with all of these things so it is our request that any estate planning attorney uh, who works with our clients that they do that for them and that that makes it a fairly seamless process for you really mm-hmm. When you, it is important to point out that a will is not enough to keep your assets out of probate. Attorney's mm-hmm. fees and court costs can easily eat up 8% or more uh, of an entire estate. So when you compare the cost of what was what is probably, if you do the full estate yeah. planning package, $2,500. Yeah, about $2,500 right. on average. So yeah. much less uh, in the long run to keep it out of probate because that estate is going to get eaten with, by probate costs for sure. And let me say on that cost, that's not just the trust, which mm-hmm. is the primary thing we're talking yep. about, but that also includes, uh, usually they'll do power of attorney, mm-hmm. a living will, which is kind of like what we talked about earlier, you know, do I want to live on machines or not? Mm-hmm. They'll do those. Um, what am I leaving out? A will, a living financial. will, power of attorney, and uh, yeah, the financial, financial power of attorney and the trust. And mm-hmm. so all of those documents mm-hmm. really come under that total of about $2,500. Yeah. So back to what you were talking about with your story about your dad. Yeah. Uh, you had the verbal conversation, which right. is great. But if you have a health care directive and uh, we had that on paper, and, yeah. and we so had, had that yeah, too. We had that yeah. too. So, so there, was, there was a conversation and there was written documentation that just gave me peace of mind. But what was interesting to me, even even though we had the written documentation of that at the hospital, they still wanted somebody, even mm-hmm. though they had the written documentation, they still wanted somebody to say, these are his wishes. Well, and I want to make sure we know also, you mentioned the power of attorney, and this is not on our, this is your bonus content for today. <laughs> Understand the power of attorney passes away when they do. So yes. I thought because my parents had given me power of attorney, I'd be able to immediately start taking care of things for my dad. I couldn't. Because that died with him. So having that estate plan in place would have made it so simple. I get a a death certificate. I go to the courts and I get that letter that I need to take care of everything. But it took me weeks to get the ball rolling. Yeah. So let me explain the the power of attorney is like, Teresa, if you had if you had power of attorney for me, then you have the authority to sign on my behalf. Mm -hmm. Well, if I'm deceased. I can't sign it. Exactly. So therefore, you can't sign it for me. Mm-hmm. And, and you're right. A lot of people don't understand that power of attorney ceases at the time that someone passes away. Mm-hmm. One other note, too. I think if people are listening today, I think this is an obvious objection sometimes is, well, I really don't have enough assets to worry about uh, putting a trust together. Or maybe all of your assets are qualified assets and they're all it's all IRA money and you don't think you have uh, enough outside of that. A question that got asked when I went through the process was, what about life insurance? Because that's not money in hand, right? Right. But if there is a deceased spouse Mm -hmm. inside of that trust, there could be a significant amount of assets roll in, and that needs to be considered as well. I I would agree with that. And also, I'll say the the estate planning attorneys whom we work with, they don't always recommend a trust. Mm -hmm. And so know that it's important to go through the process, but there are other ways to deal with the property. Uh, That's just the most common thing that we see. Mm That is a discussion that we have inside our client meeting rooms as well. Uh, it's part of the overall Gen Wealth difference, education-driven, strategy-based, team-delivered, retirement, m- much more than just investments. I think we've pointed that out many times today, and, and we want to talk about uh, the free resource that we have for you. I mentioned that number 
that I ask you to put into your mobile phone so you don't have to worry about uh, writing it down while you're driving to wherever you're driving to listening to our show today. 501-381-5228 if you need it again. 501-381-5228. And we've got 10 ways to shift your perspective of financial planning with a free download. It is called What's the Plan? A Manifesto for Your Life your worth, and what happens next. Just some things to consider. Uh, reiterate some of the things we've talked about on our show today, but even more in-depth than that, 10 ways to shift your perspective of financial planning. All you have to do to get it is text the word PLAN to that number that I gave you, 501-381-5228. You can also receive it. If you'd rather not text to that number, you can receive it by going to getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash plan get that download we're going to take our final break and be back after this today's show talking about having conversations about the parts of your retirement that are not so exciting to think about but vitally important to have uh, we've talked about health care and long-term care wishes uh, before they are needs. And then in the last segment, we talked a lot about estate planning and all that entails and really the uh, need to talk to an estate planning attorney to determine uh, how much of that planning needs to take place in your personal situation. I want to revisit a little bit of that or kind of go a little bit deeper with that. The beneficiary side of this mm-hmm. uh, on your accounts, uh, when things change as they always do over time. This is a common part of our annual review process with our clients to look over beneficiaries, but it is uh, certainly ultimately upon the client uh, to do. And and if you if you don't do it or if you don't have an advisor that is looking over it with you, it can really create some pot- potentially yeah. horrific situations. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Janet's got the best story for yeah. this. I'm going to let yeah. you go first. Y'all yeah. both have good ones. We had... Or bad uh, ones, as yeah, it turns yeah. out. Yeah. Interesting ones. Interesting. Uh, we had, years ago, I was sitting with a, a husband and wife, and I was looking at um, some life insurance that we had not written. It was a policy that, they had, that he had before we even knew him, and I was looking at the uh, beneficiary information, and it, let's say that the wife's name was Amy, okay? So it it had Amy and it had a different last name. And I said, um, did you guys have this policy uh, before you were married? Because um, because this doesn't have your married name. And they asked what name, what last name was on it. And I told them and he about died and she about killed him mm-hmm. uh, because it was another Amy. Apparently, he had married first wife, Amy, and mm-hmm. she was still listed as a beneficiary. And he was now married to second wife, Amy. And she was not the beneficiary who was listed on there. And so, and it had been wrong for years. And let me tell you, neither one of them wanted first wife Amy to get the check. And so (laughs) it was definitely an oversight. It got changed pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, That one's kind of humorous to tell, but I I had an appointment this morning, uh, Troy and I did with some existing clients um, whose daughter passed away. And guys, let me just talk about COVID for just a moment. Um, We've, We've approached this show in a generational format, meaning mm-hmm. we're more focused on the older generation getting estate planning together. I'm going to tell you, though, this is not generational. Mm-hmm. If you are breathing and have responsibility in life, then there are things here today that you need to be thinking about. Um, if you're if you're a teenager and you've got a Roth IRA, somebody needs to be listed as your beneficiary. So mm-hmm. if, I don't care who you are, what your age is. There are levels of this that you need to be addressing. Um, but they they had um, this was his accounts, and so the wife is listed as a beneficiary, and then the daughter is the contingent. And the daughter passed away last week, and so they wanted to update contingent uh, beneficiary mm-hmm. information, and they were very proactive yeah. to reach out about that. And we certainly appreciate that because we would not have known otherwise. But um, if if you're not proactive about reaching out, we do, as Scott mentioned earlier, we do review beneficiary information annually as part of the service that we provide to our clients so that we can make sure that that's, that's up to date. But people have accounts all over the place yeah. these yes. days. And yeah. so I would just encourage you, you know, think about 401ks, every asset that you have. Pensions. Think about, yes, yes, the, that's the huge. The company you haven't worked for in 10 years. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah it's yeah. huge. So it, 
there really needs to be, we refer to it as a honey, I love you letter. Honey, I love you. If I don't come home, these are the things that you need to know. And frankly, that document needs to be updated on an ongoing basis. And I think a lot of people, I'd encourage you to not just to have a primary beneficiary, but a contingent beneficiary. My husband is my primary beneficiary, but he and I spend a lot of time together and we're usually going to be in the car together. So if there was a major wreck where we passed away together, Mm -hmm. there needs to be someone else named or all my stuff goes to probate. In my case, I have my estate plan, my trust named. But if you don't Mm -hmm. have somebody named, that's where you get. I have a friend, his brother was in his 20s. He passed away and had nobody listed because he was single. He thought, well, I don't have anybody to leave this to, but he would have wanted it to go to his brother in that situation and had never put it on there. The 401k seems to be the biggest blind spot, in my Mm -hmm, opinion, mm -hmm. because you fill out that packet and you send it in and you don't think about it again. But it's important that you do review that regularly to make sure that it's up to date and that there's not just a primary if you're married of your spouse, but also a contingent if something happened to you. I think it's vitally important. I say this uh, in client meeting rooms across the gamut of um, situations or areas of our planning process, but I always say that it is better to plan for something and it not happen mm-hmm. right. than not plan for it and it happens. And mm-hmm. You need someone in your corner uh, who's looking out for those things, who deals with it every day. And that's what we do when we build our plans and we work with the ongoing relationships we have with our clients. The discomfort of not having uh, a conversation before these things happen is far less than the discomfort of not having a plan and scrambling to make it work in a crisis. So as we wrap things up today, I think it's important to talk about the planning process. Mm-hmm. And this is a component of it, the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. So if you are uh, in that retirement red zone, if you're five to 10 years out from retirement, or if you're in retirement, this is where the seven key areas vitally important to you. And the investment strategy, which we haven't talked about at all today, but we've talked about on previous shows, is part of that. Uh, how does your investment strategy need to change as you walk up closer to retirement or enter retirement? Social security, determining the best uh, strategy to maximize your social security benefits, a key component still uh, of your retirement income, creating guaranteed income to meet your basic needs, protecting against inflation and providing for lifestyle income. You have to have a plan that increases your monthly income over time. The long-term care needs is a part of the Gen Wealth Ready to Retire process. We've talked about that in depth today. Reducing taxes during retirement. And it is all documented in a written plan on paper on purpose. Again, retirement is more than just investments and you need a plan to enter retirement that doesn't just focus on investments Mm -hmm. and these conversations of course are difficult but i I agree with you i think if you have the conversation on the front end it avoids so much pain later on if you're going to go through a tough situation having the power to take care of it and feel like as you mentioned honoring my parents feeling like i've been able to do that that is freeing Let me give you a hint about, you know, we as society say these are difficult conversations. They're hard conversations. Let me just say they don't have to be. Mm -hmm. They're they're important. Mm -hmm. But uh, I get tickled about this comment from Dave Ramsey. He says, uh, he says, my parents never talked about money and they never talked about sex. So I thought they had neither. And it turns out they had both. (laughs) You know, uh, for whatever reason, we make those topics difficult conversations and Mm -hmm. they shouldn't be, especially among family. So when you're talking about end of life decisions, they're important and you might be a little bit uncomfortable I'm sorry, grow the heck up and get over it and have the conversation. And if you'll go into it with the mindset of this is not difficult, that it's important, then it changes your mindset. Y'all are going to laugh at me, but I used to do this with our son and it worked very well. He was a stickler about certain things that he just didn't want to eat. And Mm -hmm. I grew up on a farm and if it's in front of you, you eat it and Mm -hmm. you're grateful for it. And so we did this thing of He'd take a spoonful of something and he would tell himself all the way from the plate to the mouth, this will be good, this will be good, this will be good, this will be good, this will be good. And then he'd take it and be like, that was good. (laughs) And and I know it's goofy. I, I know it's crazy. But there is something psychological to doing that. And so if you prepare for this conversation telling yourself it's going to be difficult, guess what? Mm-hmm. It's going to be difficult. Yeah. But if you prepare for this conversation telling yourself, this is important and I need to honor mom and dad by having this conversation and we can do this, then that's the mindset you'll have. 
Y'all know that I run a little bit. Yeah. I can tell you that I have never looked forward to running. I don't <laughs> think it's going to be fun. I don't think it's going to be easy. And it's typically not. But I have never finished a run and not been grateful for doing it. Not, yeah. not being yeah. glad that I went and and did it. Right. And, and I think the same is true here. It, mm-hmm. it, it may be difficult for you to start the process, but just think about what it's going to feel like on the other end. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're thinking about it now and you're going, man, we really need to take care of this, set a timeline for yourself right now go. while you're thinking of it yep. and say, by this date, I'm going to do X. Put it in your calendar. Do something to help yourself while you're motivated. Prioritize this. Otherwise, the noise of life is going to take over. That's right. You are such a financial advisor. I setting know. goals. I know. Setting deadlines. Make it timely. 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 Yes. <laughs> Very important. And how about that for timing? There you hear our final bell, which means it is time for our final thoughts. Janet, we'll start with you. I would just say have the conversation. One of our standards at Gen Wealth is that we value good communication, and good communication is is clear between the different parties, but it's also focused on those important topics. So be sure that you have the conversation. Mm-hmm. I mean, hope is not a plan, and what you hope to happen in the future may happen by accident, but chances are it won't. So take time to create a plan, whatever that looks like for you that's unique to your family. Do the steps now to be ready for later. I'm going to give you two phone numbers as my final thoughts. We've been talking about urging you to have that conversation and get the ball started uh, as part of your overall retirement plan. If you'd like to get that started, you can call toll-free 866-653-PLAN. That number again is 866-653-7526. And that will reach out to GenWealth and get you matched with the GenWealth advisor near you who is also best equipped to handle your uh, situation and talk to you and build a retirement income plan. But more than that, uh, talk about the things that we've talked about on this show and maybe even some more things that you haven't really thought about or considered to make sure your retirement is what you want it to be. And then the other number we've been talking about all show long, 501-381-5228. That is the number that you need in your mobile phone to be able to get free resources from GenWealth, including 10 ways to shift your perspective of financial planning. The free download is called What's the Plan? A Manifesto for Your Life, your worth, and what happens next. And just text the word plan to that number to receive it. One more time on the number, 501-381-5228. If you don't want to do that, there is an alternate way to get it. You can just go to our website, getreadyforthefuture.com forward slash plan to get that uh, free download to shift your perspective of financial planning. We hope this has been a beneficial show. We hope it has been light enough for you as well. We tried really hard to do that. And we'll see you again next time on the Get Ready for the Future show. Thank you for listening to the Get Ready for the Future show. If you enjoy hearing from the Gen Wealth team every week, make sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help us get the word out on building toward financial independence, share the podcast with your friends and family. The Gen Wealth financial team is available to you 24-7 at info at getreadyforthefuture.com. Or call our offices at 866-653-PLAN. That's 866-653-7526. You should personally consult a financial advisor before making any investment, and no strategy can assure success. GenWealth Financial Advisors is an Arkansas-registered investment advisor with securities offered through LPL Financial. Member FINRA SIPC.